You're listening to Soul School with Laura Coe and Kevin Kaiser. On this show, we dive into life's biggest questions. Who are we? What are we here to do? And how can we fearlessly live as our truest, deepest selves? Soul School is the spiritual education you never received. So if you're ready, join us as we explore together. Soul School is in session. Welcome back, everybody. This is Kevin Kaiser, and I'm here with the illustrious Laura Coe, who is in the Michigan woods as we speak. Hey, Laura. Hello from Michigan. I know, right? It's like, look at this. I mean, I am a tree in nature today. It's like, it's like a junk for people who can't see it. It's, it's like a like a thickly wooded area. So she's in hiding. Oh, so happy. I'm, you know, I live in the center of the city. So to get out and feel a little oneness with nature is, is restorative to the soul. Oh, for me, nature is the thing. Um, I mean, if I have a love language, it is walking in the woods. Mm, Beautiful. One of the things, um, well, today's show, want to tee it up a little bit for us. Um, and it's all about why is loving myself so hard? And we've both coached a lot of people over the years. And this is, this is, not, this is a recurring theme with people. Uh, seems to be at the very core of our struggle as people uh, who are trying to figure out who we are and why we're here. And it seems like that's the, the big brick wall that we all ultimately either have to climb over, uh, chip our way through or blast our way through. So uh, today's show, we're diving into that, that question of why is loving myself so hard? So what's your take on this? (laughs) We always, what I appreciate about us is we always pick the small topics. I know, right? I mean, (laughs) softballs. We go for the softballs. Just this little topic of loving oneself. I mean, I I think of it as, a, a multi-prong problem, right? So, so one is, I don't think we know what it means to love ourselves. I think there's this very <laughs> uh, funny spiritual ideology out there that I just have to repeat mantras about how much I love myself and look myself in the mirror without my clothes on and compliment all my body parts. And then eventually I will love myself or something, right? It's just a super weird topic. And it used to give me cringy throw up feelings, right? Like it was just um, something I kept away from because it felt disingenuous, uncomfortable, awkward, and it didn't, didn't strike me as truth. So I think the definition is the biggest obstacle to get started, that to love oneself is to understand I'm not the thoughts in my head, the things that I say about myself that are unloving don't necessarily disappear for me to love myself, because that is not me, it's my brain, and they're my thoughts. And that those things are simultaneous those thoughts are simultaneously happening while this energy within myself which is my true self mm-hmm. my spirit my soul self my authentic self whatever you like to think about it as is flowing the life force of self and those thoughts are thoughts but 
they don't mean that I'm not lovable just because I may harbor extreme views of myself on a regular basis, right? Like imposter thoughts or approvals or low self-worth or all these different things that the brain likes to chew on all day long. There's a like, maybe I'll go to 50 therapists or get a shaman or do like pounds of ayahuasca so that I can eventually stop thinking negative thoughts. But therein to me lies the problem. One is I am the definition of loving oneself is to know that I'm not my thoughts and to know that I'm just this energy. And that energy is devoid of thought. It just is. And so if you really sit with that, how can that not be lovable? How can energy be anything? I plug in my light. There's electricity moving through it. It's not really like good, bad, right, wrong, da, 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 right? It's just, it just is. It just is. And so that part is the the, the first step in my mind. Does that make yeah. sense to you? Yeah, that makes perfect sense to me. And, and it's really the thing that, <clears throat> that comes up for me when you say that is, is just how much of it is learned. Because if you take a look at you know, little kids, I, I always come back to that because all the sages say, in order to be free, you have to become like a child. <clears throat> and it's like even kids before they learn language, before they learn how to divide up the world, I'm not sure they they even have the capacity to create that sort of split in themselves, right? Of I'm not okay. I'm not enough, which that's what, that's what that whole thought process is. And it's just like this, like you said, it's energy. It's, it's awareness. It's like the very nature of your being, right? It actually is love. It's self-love and the expression of love. Um, it's then when the, the, program gets introduced the whole not enough right the whole shame model uh, which is you're not enough there's something wrong with you it begins the flywheel spinning and you know i mean i can look around at kids i mean you can see them when they're young and they're playing they have not a care in the world then we get to them the adults get to them and then it starts to change they start to doubt themselves, question themselves. And uh, my daughter's in college now, and we picked her up a, a few weeks ago. And I just listened to how her friends talk about themselves, you know, and how they question themselves and, um, you know, question their, their value and not enough. And, you know, and the entire world is, is confirming those stories, you know, social media and everywhere you look. So, yeah. But yeah, it is that. Yeah. And then you hit on something so important, right? This this concept of shame. Because shame, if we all have checked out our Benet Brown and listened carefully to lovely right. Benet, right? She's so eloquent in her explanation that shame requires secrecy, right? So the mm. moment that you have these thoughts of not good enough, that split that you mentioned, then you buy into it. And so then you hide it. And you walk around going, when people find out the truth, yeah, I suck in these fill-in-the-blank ways, then they're going to know how lovable, unlovable I really am, how unworthy I really am. And the gig's up, right? And everybody's walking around with this same fear, this shame of eventually being find, found out for this self-loathing that we all participate in, in our own minds. And if you 
if you share it, you know, hey, Kevin, I'm actually feeling, you know, unlovable in these three ways this month. Um, people worry about you. Yeah, right. Are you suicidal? Like, oh my God, right? Because they're like, we're not set up in culture to feel like it's normative to share that stuff. Or people say, oh, you'll be fine. Or, oh my God, why would you say that about yourself? You're amazing. And it's like, that's not helpful. That's just not right. helpful, right? So everything about it is a mess. And and it's like, what really helped me eventually, and it took a long time, was the recognition that I'm not supposed to fix all that, solve all that, stop all that, um, even share it all. Just know that being alive and human means I will have this negative self-talk. And here's the thing, Kevin, how can I love that? Mm. The self-talk part or yeah. like what the words themselves. Like I've started having compassion for the words that I am speaking to myself, right? Yeah. On my worst moments where I'm really fearful or very um, hard on myself privately. Mm -hmm. it's like, wow. And I think, wow, that's a lot, Laura. <laughs> yeah. You're really having a hard one today. Whew. And I sit with it and I feel love for that. Right. But it's mm -hmm. not me. It's like, you know, I use this example all the time, but you stub your toe, you'd be compassionate to your toe. Like, oh, it hurts. And you tell your right. friends, oh, I stubbed the, my toe. And they don't go, oh, and I'd be like, I know. And so it's broken. It's broken. Oh, no. Right. But um, so it, it's about having the ability to have compassion for it and not self-abusing further. Yeah. Right? And then taking care of it. You put a cast on it. You put it up. You ice it, whatever it is right? You, you take care of your foot. So how do I take care of myself, those thoughts in the way that I would take care of a body part? Cause it's yeah. just my brain. Um, knowing it's not me. I know my toe is not me. I do not know that my thoughts are not me. And so yeah. first that separation, it's not me. And then that love and compassion towards yeah. it. I think that's really key. Like this whole idea of <clears throat> your conditioning isn't, first of all, it's conditioning. That's what language is. Language is conditioning. And it's not personal at all. It's like, it wasn't a personal choice that English is my first, is my native language, right? It's like, it was imprinted on me. And then that imprinting started dividing up the, in the, dividing up the world in very particular ways. And I, I couldn't unlearn that if I wanted to. Unless maybe I had a stroke or like something that just like totally took me offline, right? Um, and like that's been a really, I'm glad you brought that up because that's been a, a real pivoting point for me <clears throat> because for years and years, I, I mean, I dealt with and faced a lot of um, uh, depression and like real self-doubt and was really, really hard on myself. And I really began to notice that Oh, these thoughts come and go. It's just like you're talking about. And I would just, I would still have this awareness that like whatever I am, I still remain. And no matter how loud and angry and vicious the, this, this voice is, whatever this voice is, it's not always there, That's which right. means it's not me. 
it's not really me. And, you know, there's that whole saying of, you know, what you, uh, what you resist persists and, you know, makes me kind of throw up in my mouth a little bit when I say it, but it actually is true that, you know, you can see these things and you can lovingly accept them for what they are. And somehow, I don't even know how this works, but it creates just enough of a gap where like the light can get in or air can get in and you can begin to see that, oh, like this is a narrative. This is a story. And I don't have to believe it if I don't want to. That's I, right. I can, you know, and actually because I'm conditioned to, that might actually even feel comfortable to me. It might feel more comfortable to, to like really berate myself for what I think is wrong with me versus um, what, what I love about myself. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, but, but it really does, it does start with that, um, that realization that, oh, well, these are just, these are just thoughts. They're not my thoughts. It's just, it's just habit, habitual ways of thinking and being. So let's get practical for somebody who's listening to this. They may be struggling with self-love They're like, okay, this feels very squishy. Um, where do where do they begin? I mean, what has worked for you? And you know, in those times when you you're sort of digging out of the stories and and really learning how to, or finding out how to how to love yourself, what's what's worked for you? Yeah, I mean, the first step is what we talked about, right? I'm not my thoughts. That's a big one. <laughs> That takes a long time. And that shame isn't something to feel bad about. Like we're all filled with it. We all think we're not good enough somehow way shape. I mean, and we're all going to go to, I think our deathbed with thoughts or feelings. It's just natural to have some of that. Um, And so that's for sure the, the first piece. But then I think setting that expectation secondarily that I'm not supposed to stay in a state of happiness. I had this weird idea (laughs) that I was going to like rid myself of negative thoughts, right? Like I thought the Dalai Lama, right? Didn't you think that? Yeah. I was like, well, at some point, right? This just ends, call it enlightenment or awaken, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. It's kind of disappointing. It's kind of a letdown, right? (laughs) It's a kind of a letdown, but it's also like, if I go to the gym enough, at some point, I'm going to have six pack abs and I'll never have to do a sit up again. I mean, right. how glorious, right? But like, that's not true. And so there's these weird ideas of what it looks like to be an emotional shape or spiritually enlightened or awakened or whatever you want to call it, as if nothing bothers you, you're always at peace in a certain way, right? Like, so it's not, it's not that you can't have peace. Cause I do feel very much at peace most of the time in my life now, but it's by setting an expectation that my mind will continue to play out these strange narratives and stories and have strange right and wrong views or be judgmental or frustrated or whatever, but I'm not in conflict with it. I'm not in, I don't have shame most of the time. I'm like, I have a more relaxed, even entertained view of it now where it's like, oh, 
it's kind of funny actually, right? That, that I'm doing this. And so with that shift of expectation that the goal isn't to never have it, does that make sense? I, that, that to me yeah. is like, was the big aha phase two. Oh, I can't get six pack abs. I can't be above having a brain. That's not going to, that's not a thing. Right. Cause it, it's, I mean, it's, it's being human. And, you know, I, I don't remember when this happened, but um, I had this realization that, that um, even if I understood, even if I saw, okay, look, I'm not my thoughts, I'm not my feelings. Um, even when I saw it, like I had to keep reminding myself that, oh, I have decades of conditioning, like decades. And this is just the, like, this is what the mind does, not just the mind, but the mind body, right? Yeah. Like the, the whole central nervous system. And I mean, I've talked to so many people and like the people that I've coached, uh, I mean, I, most of them are in midlife at this point, you know, and they'll have some kind of awakening, awakening experience. And then they'll go through the very things that you and I talk about. It's like, I had it, like I had it. And then like something came up. And, it and, slipped I lost it. and I lost it. And I was like, no, no, you, like you didn't, you didn't lose anything. You're just like, it's the mind that it's just doing what it does. And the very fact that you're not like getting lost in it uh, proves that, okay, you, you're beginning to see, oh, there's some space here, but it's, you know, and I'll tell them, look, I'm going to prove to you that this is all in your system. Um, and like, I'm right-handed and most people are right-handed. So I'll tell them, go pr- try to brush your teeth with your left hand. Like it is the most effortful, like, uh, <laughs> uncomfortable thing ever. Cause you're like, you know, like poking yourself in the face and stuff. It's because everything is like encoded through reflex, like repetition. And your, your mind is just another muscle. I love your example of the, you know, not not having to do crunches anymore. Go to, go to the gym. Um, oh, I would love it. Yeah, yeah. But so we, much of it is that. So much of it, and you know the the conditioning is a big piece. The awareness, the practice, then right. That if I'm not my mind, what am I? Right, and and you have to have somewhere else to go, right? Because if, okay, fine. Right. I can get somebody to believe really quickly in coaching or whatever. Fine. I'm not a thought. Thoughts move. They're not the same. I haven't had the same thoughts that I had when I was 10. There's all these great arguments you can make to people to get them to like, let that one go a bit. But then it's like, what am I? And then that's the hardest thing. It's like, I don't know, something else, right? You're the part that's aware but I can't put that in space or time or point to it. It's it's like, you know, my still point in the turning world that we talk about, right? It's this kind of dance of life that's somewhere still and moving. How about that? And it's such an unsatisfying answer because it's so intangible. Yeah. And so there's also, to me, this next phase of loving myself is to love the energy that somebody might claim is the part they know to be me 
right? Like there's a sense of somebody that they'd say, oh my God, I love Kevin so much. He's so Kevin-like, right? It's like, whatever that is, that's what I love about you. But I can't touch it. I can't define it. Really, words are like, okay, but they're not great. But um, then to say about yourself, okay, I'm this this something else. I'm this else. I'm this energetics. I'm, I'm this intangibleness. I can't find it. I can't, we point to our chest, right? But it's not inside of the chest cavities. So who am I? Right. And there's this absolute existential crisis that happens. Um, and you have to kind of let go of, of knowing yourself intellectually, right? You have to start to love this elusive sense Right. And that's where I think, again, the definition. So then I'm in a full circle and, and, and ping it back to you, Kevin. But the, the idea that I am life force energy, right. This, this, this sense, um, if I don't trust that as potentially true, then if I'm not my thoughts, I have nowhere else to go. Right. I get stuck. Right. And I have to, I have to be willing to be open to this idea that I am the energy. So we said, you know, why is it hard to love myself? Well, love is energy. Love is not this romantic a Hallmark card. I love you because you give me butterflies. It's an energetic sensibility that we all have as part of life. And so that energy of self wants to express through each of us. And that is self. And so you kind of have to let go of your definition of love. You have to let go of your definition of self. So we asked this question at the beginning, why is it so hard to love myself? Right. And I think it's a multi-tiered problem that the spirituality world puts out there. Like we should love ourselves or right. Self-help. And it's not fair. It's like a setup for failure to me. Right. To, to make it that trite. It's, it's quite complicated. Yeah. Especially when everything in our society is geared toward making us not love ourselves because it's helpful in a economy that is driven by consumption, right? It's like of of us not feeling enough, being enough, having enough, right? So So, cynical, Kevin, you've gone off the cynical (laughs) deep in man. Yeah. This was from 10 years of being in online marketing. So right, um, there's truth in that though. Right. Cause it, yeah. We're all consuming, consuming to feel better. Yeah. Yeah. And we're told that that's, that's how you feel better. And you're in order to feel better, like you have to be like your attention has to be drawn to, oh, I'm not okay. And I need to escape this not okayness. Yeah. And how do I do that? Right. And so, you know, by getting this thing that will make me give me a dopamine hit real, really quickly, that'll yeah. then go away. Right. <clears throat> so much of this, I mean, for me, it is the, it's like the understanding the essence of ourselves and what is the essence of what we're talking about. And then how do you embody it? Because I think so many people, I mean, this was my challenge for a long time. It was, I'm going to meditate it away. Uh, You know, I'm going to not think the thinking away. Um, (laughs) And then I found that what all I was doing was there was no motion. There's no action to my life. And things started to change for me when I, I took this course on somatic, um, somatic awareness. And, and the whole idea is like, 
you really clarify what is a desired future for you. You know, so maybe like a desired state for me is I want to know myself in more loving ways. And, And then the next step is, well, what quality do I need to develop in order to make that happen? Right. So it's like total acceptance. What does an image of total acceptance look like physically? Like think about somebody that you think really loves themselves and really totally accepts themselves. How do they show up in the world? How do they show up for themselves physically? How do they move through life? Um, Because one of the big tenets in somatic therapy is physiology first and then psychology second. Yeah. Right. So if you need to change your state, you change your physical state first and then the mental will almost always follow. Yeah. Right? So I started doing things like, like self-hugging myself, um, which sounds weird. But in those times when I would feel down and there was nobody to hug me <laughs> and I would have to go ask for hugs, but when nobody was around, I would hug myself. Um, or I would do something physical, some kind of movement. Um, with the intention of what to somebody who loves himself, how do they act? And then I would start acting that way in combination with, you know, meditation and, and learning to see beyond or be beyond my thoughts. And it seemed like those two things together, that's really when I started get, gaining some kind of traction in my yeah. own life. Cause it was both like the inward movement and the outward movement integrated together. That's right. And back to your point about kids, right? Like they just are. They just are. And so if they need to stand, they stand. If they need to sit, they sit. If they need to cry, they cry. If they need to eat, they eat, right? And to your point about the body and the the everything all coming together, what does it look like when somebody loves themselves? They just do whatever it is that they need to be doing in that moment without judgment of self. They're not simultaneously hating on themselves and their thoughts, hiding that and hoping that nobody sees that they're so uncomfortable with what is actually true for them. And so for me, the true definition of self-love is to be completely comfortable in yourself, in the way that you want to feel in that moment, whatever it is. So if it's like, I need a hug, great. If you need to scream, great. If you want a nap, fabulous, right? Like whatever it is, it's okay, right? Obviously you don't want to hurt other people, but it's, it's not to be analyzed every time there's a energy towards or away from something that there's some reason that you should or shouldn't be doing that. And I mean, you know, I've written a book from the Akashic Records on self-love and they talk about the lion, right? That he just he just is like the lion eats, the lion grazes, the lion kills. And it's like, like lions kill, right? That's what they do. And it's like right or wrong, that is truth for a lion. And so whatever is truth for you, obviously we don't want to kill people because we have executive functioning, but the truth of what is arising within you moment by moment is self-love without the judgment, in my opinion. It takes a long time to get there, though. You have to strip those thoughts. You have to get into your body. You have to be willing to express it without shame for other what others would say or you say about yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me of uh, radical acceptance. 
that yeah. book by Tara Brock, where she talks about just radical acceptance um, without any like stripped of all of the ideas and ju- judgments of what should be or shouldn't be. And um, I mean, I'm sure somebody's listening to this thinking, or maybe even screaming out loud, that's easier said than done. Well, yeah. Welcome to human life. Right. It's but it like, a, it's the hardest thing in the world in a sense, right? The yes. hardest thing, because for so many years, you're so conditioned to think my thoughts are me. And then I don't know where to go. But when you take that first leap and you stop trusting that these thoughts that are endless, they're exhausting and endless and they never satiate. When have you ever felt like, when have your thoughts ever said to you, oh my God, there's zero else you need to change. You're perfect. This moment's perfect. You're perfect. At any moment, you can just look around any room and find flaw, right? In yourself, in the way something needs to be cleaned or a list that you didn't do. So if you're consulting your mind to feel free, alive, happy, joyous, at peace, like filled with those things that we identify as self-love, you'll never get there. So in a way, it's the easiest thing um, because you just need to stop trusting it. But because we've been conditioned, it does, to your point, take a long time to let go of the grip the mind has over your life. And I think anything you do to just create any space between those thoughts to suggest that it's not you is triumphant in our culture. Um, And it just gets easier. It's the space between believing the thoughts that I have as truth that leads towards a more peaceful life, right? Like I used to like believe them all the time. And then it was like 10 minutes a day I had space and then it was like two hours. And then it's like, oh my God, now it's only five minutes that I kind of went, oh, what, what just happened? I got lost. I thought that was true for a minute, you know, and, and then, and then you come home. Yeah. And, and also there, there's one other element here that we haven't really touched on, which is the element of grace and, you know, asking for help and asking, you know, show me who I really am and uh, call it prayer if you want, but, you know, asking for that clarity because it's everything we've talked about so far is essentially on some level initiated by us. Right. And we think all of this, at least I've, I went through a long period of time where I just felt like, well, if I just do the right things, meditate the right ways, (laughs) enough Wim Hof breathing, right. (laughs) It'll just happen. And, you know, there is an element of surrender. There's a very important element of just allowance, um, you know, where you can just relax, you know, and allow things to be. And then that, that seems to drop, things just seem to drop off more easily that way versus this all depends on me, you know, damn, if I could just like love myself more and, you know, it's like, just relax. And well, that's the biggest myth there is Kevin, right? Like if there's one thing to deprogram, it's a belief that the more I work towards self-love or ideas of self, the more I'll get there. It's the opposite. It's the not doing. It's the the being, the sitting back, the surrender into the unknown, like all the things you're saying, that is the path in. But the ego fights every second. You're going to 
be broke and lazy and nobody will like you and you'll have no friends and what do you like it's, it's literally contrary to every thought you're having right but yes it's the the only way in is through the release the letting go the non-resistant state um total surrender lack of control right but these things you can do them in an instant some people do some people have a you know a waking up in seconds and some people it takes decades um it's just how how much do you free fall into the unknown of i'm not in control i'm yeah. not yeah yeah well my wish for everybody listening to this is that they fall head first like through empty space and like screams, screams of joy and probably terror at the same time, because like, this is the ride, right? Of being human. And, um, but it's worth, if the choice is not to love yourself or to love yourself, the choice is obvious. So just do it, right? Like allow yourself to be okay. And, um, you know, see what happens and see what happens in your life. I love it. Let go, surrender. Let Thank go. You. Well, this is beautiful. I wish everybody a beautiful day. Laura, as always, this really helped me. So thank you. Me as well, Kevin. Thank you. We'll see everybody next time. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. And I really hope that you consider checking out the Little Soul School, littlesoul.school where there's a community of people dedicated to soul growth, soul learning, and the Akashic energy, a space that holds all of our soul's histories, everything we've ever done in all of our lifetimes, because they're looking for a deeper connection to themselves, a place to experiment and play with spirituality in a non-judgmental, vulnerable, open community of people, no woo-woo, no fluff, just fun and connection. Come check it out, littlesoul.school.